You're tuned into the Hub Talks podcast hosted by Life Church Leeds YA. Lean in as we journey through this topic together. Hey, we are back with our third podcast um, topic, which is sex. And. Sorry, I sorry, sorry. Couldn't help himself. I couldn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why you have me on this one, Tash. You don't know. I promise for. everyone's over 18 on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're following on actually from um, the discussion that Luke, David, and Precious had on singleness, and they were talking about how singleness is a gift from God. And then they went on to discuss. Um, you know, just some of the struggles that people have in their single walk, single walk, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) in their journey of singleness, um, however Mm -hmm. that long might be for, because it could be forever. You know, some people um, feel like they are called to celibacy. Mm -hmm. And so there is a wrestle with that, isn't there? Um, With sexual temptation and sexual desires. Mm -hmm. And so we thought it would be good to do a whole podcast on sex. So... Let's just start off, I guess, with um, defining sex. And Ty, I don't know if you want to kick it off. What mm. is sex? What oh. is it? Do you want me to give like a birds and the no, bees? No, no birds like... and the bees story. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are birds and there are bees. And, you know, there aren't. Sometimes bees <laughs> like birds. Uh, no? You're really butchering this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't give that talk to Roman when he's old enough. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. um yeah, yeah so so what is sex i mean it's something that i think you can define in like a couple of like a line at best or you can dive deep into it i'll try and do maybe a in between um but yeah in terms of what is sex i would in in a biblical context i would put it in i'd probably define it as um like the physical union of a man and a woman and so um, I think that's why it sits within the context of marriage. But I'm assuming we'll dive, we'll delve into that. Um, but yeah, so it's like the physical union of a man and a woman. Um, and the reason why I say that is like, there's a few scriptures around this that like point to it um, being a union, not just the physical act, you know, it's not just the physical act of intercourse. I think that's what the world portrays nowadays, that it's just, it's just intercourse. But it's so much more than that because, um, and I'll point to one scripture, which I, f- I find an interesting scripture actually. And it's in um, Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah chapter three. And from around about verse six, I believe it is. Um, I'll just turn there now. From, from like verse six through to verse uh, 10. But essentially in there, um, God gets angry um, with Israel, like, you know, it's a kind of a common theme in the Old Testament. You see a lot of grace in there, but you see a lot of wrath from God. And um, I'll read out, um, I'll read out ver- from verse six. It, it says, um, the Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, have you seen what she did, that faithless one Israel, how she went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and there played the whore. And I thought, after she has done all this, she will return to me, but she did not. And her treacherous sister, Judah, saw it. 
she saw that for all the adulteries of that faithless one, Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she too went and played the whore. I'll just leave it there, like at verse 8. But like, you see that, I find it's interesting because you see God send um, Israel away with a certificate of divorce because she has played the whore, um, which I find fascinating. Like, because I think what that shows is the actions of sex. Um, what happens is, is God likens um, idolatry to adultery. So Israel, they go after these other gods and... Israel, essentially, in marital terms, are married to God. So then they go after these other gods and then God likens that to adultery, like them sleeping with another woman or another person. And so um, as a result, there's condemnation. And, and what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is the fact that God sees that there is union between the idols and Israel. And I think that's one of the key like indicators to the fact that like sex isn't just like physical. It's not just intercourse. Like there's a union that takes place there. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say like soul ties and stuff like that. I don't mm-hmm. know if I, you know, I've never really delved too deep into like looking into what soul ties are and stuff like that. But there's definitely a union um, and there's definitely something that takes place on a spiritual plane. And I think when you study like the, um, the grounds for divorce and you see sexual immorality as a ground for divorce and, and it being deemed some, um, in the category of, you know, adultery and, and then that gives grounds for divorce um, because like it gives grounds for divorce and then someone, like let's say for example, in Matthew um, 19, it says that, you know, someone um, like commits adultery, then a divorce is permissible. Right, but then it says that if someone divorces and it's not on the grounds of divorce, like it's not um, based on adultery, and then they go and marry somebody else, then the person's guilty of adultery. So they get a divorce, it's not because of adultery, and then they go and marry somebody else. It says in the scriptures there in Matthew 19 at the beginning that that is adultery. Mm. And because in the eyes of God, the person is still bound to their previous spouse. And so like if they then go and bind themselves to somebody else, in God's eyes, that's adultery because they're bound to two people. It's, it's almost seen as polygamous, mm. almost like they're mar- they've married two people. And so like sex, I know this is going way around, the, all the way around the reeking, but um, yeah, sex I think is a uniting of two people. And I think that's why it finds itself like in the context of marriage because marriage therefore protects. Yeah. those two people having sex does that does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. in a oh. roundabout way <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i feel like i had to go like <laughs> no, all the way around like we went no, on divorce it's <laughs> great though sex, because yeah. i think uh, i think sometimes we're taught like i know i was taught growing up you know sex is wrong you yeah. save it for marriage and that was basically it like mm. it was it's wrong you save it for marriage mm. but I didn't really understand why yeah yeah, yeah. and I really struggled like in my teens like why yeah. why is it wrong no yeah. one really explained it no one really went into depth or mm. even really shared many scriptures apart from the one where it tells us you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah and so and I think people struggle with it because it is a, a natural desire that God has given us which is mm. good sex is mm. good the action mm-hmm. of sex is good like you said, when it's in the context of marriage, but there's that natural, there's those natural desires as mm. well, and that, and and actually the process that our own bodies go through, mm. that we have to 
understand as women and as men. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think people struggle with that because it is a natural, it is a natural desire. Yeah. And, and so unless you teach and go into it and like you said, the spiritual implications of yeah. it and yeah. the uniting of two people, like when you teach about that, it makes more sense. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, now I understand. And I actually didn't know that until probably like three to four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I've always been in church, but I've never heard it from that perspective before. Yeah, yeah. and we've only been married like three and a half years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but learned yeah. it from Ty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like... yeah, I think you touched on a key point though about like how we always speak about in church, how it's a bad thing. Because I think what's emphasized with sex is the fact it's like the prohibitions of sex. Mm. Like, don't do it like this mm-hmm. in that regard. Like, don't have sex before marriage yeah. or don't, have sex with anyone who isn't your spouse and the, the prohibitions mm. of sex are always mentioned and put on the forefront but like the command of sex is never really like mentioned mm. like from a marital biblical perspective like in the sense of first corinthians 7 like in first corinthians 7 like it's an amazing chapter to read but paul starts speaking off about his singleness and he's like i wish all of you were single but you know he's like i know some of you will burn with passion so mm-hmm. get married <laughs> mm-hmm. and he essentially says in there i think it's around about verse three he says that um that we that when a married uh, when a couple are married that they should only abstain from sex when they're fasting if they both, even if yeah. like they have to have both agreed on it. Yeah, they both need to, and then like, yeah. they both have to give consent. Yeah. yeah. But then it says, in, in verse three, it says that, <laughs> that a man should give to the woman her conjugal rights. Mm. Now you think about that, the man is to give to the woman the conjugal rights. That's a command. So it's like, God, Paul, the Bible is commanding sex within marriage mm. and he takes it even further in that as well because yeah. he starts talking about how what you have to come back together so that mm. yeah. satan might not tempt you mm. for your yeah. lack of yeah. self-control and it's like actually mm. sex isn't just it's just not just an act it's not just a, a communication or a binding it's like it's a protection for your marriage love that protection never heard that before that's really good yeah um i think uh also to to kind of add to that, you know, definition of what sex is, I think it's very much, I always see relationships, I've said this so many times, so many people, I always see relationships as um, a reflection of what our relationship with God is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So whether that's friendships, whether that's marriages, whether mm-hmm. that's, you know, parent like parents to children relationships, it's all a reflection, whether it's God the Father to us, his children, whether that's um, the, like Jesus Christ to his bride, the church, whether that's Jesus saying that he is our friend and the Holy Spirit comes to us as our helper. All those reflection, all those relationships that we have on earth are often a reflection. Uh, well, I strongly believe they are a reflection of what our relationship with God is like in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I think actually um, we see in the Old Testament, it just came to mind about, you know, there was the, there was the temple of the Lord and there were there were levels to it. So you had like the outer court, then you had the inner court, and then you had like the Holy of Holies. And there was the Holy of Holies was this place of purity, this place of um, sanctity, this place of holiness. And like the priests that went in there, they would have to like literally do so many sacrifices to absolve themselves of all their sins. And then they had like a little rope tied around their leg 
so that mm -hmm. well more like a big rope uh, tied around their legs so that when they went in because some some of them actually like died because they were in the presence of god and it was so holy like i should have just I shouldn't snigger it. yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> like, it, it, but that's how holy <laughs> god was mad. and that's how like crazy being in his presence was mm -hmm. that they had to tie a rope just so like if they did die they could just pull them out with the rope because if they went in they they could die as well and i think just to, to bring that back into what we're talking about i think um sex is the that same the pinnacle experience mm. that a married couple can have yeah. that is a reflection of coming to that place of being in the holy of holies it is mm. the most um, one of the um the most sacred covenant forming acts mm. that you can perform and and is that same reflection of being in the holiest of holies being in that most sacred of places mm -hmm. and it's so holy it's so precious it's so um it's so um god um, infused that it must be kept within the covenant that god intended it for unless it would lead to somebody's death like it would mm -hmm. lead to somebody's destruction mm -hmm. and we see that and the bible tells us that over and over again about how sex leads to destruction mm -hmm. through sexual immorality mm -hmm. um, and so actually we see that it's not even, it's like, yo, if you don't do this the way God wants you to do this, it's so holy. Mm -hmm. it, if you do it out of the, what it's supposed to be done, the way it's mm -hmm. supposed to be done, you will destroy yourself. Like yeah. you will, you, it destroys, your, you know, I, I said this in the last podcast, how um, Paul talks about how it destroys, it, sexual sexual immorality is the only like sin that you do unto yourself. It actually yeah. hurts your own soul. It's, yeah. it's self-destroying mm -hmm. because it, you know, but not because, oh, it's bad. Actually, because it's just so good. Mm. It's so holy. It's so sacred that it's destructive if it's not handled with care. Yeah. Um, yeah. And which is why I really love what you were saying about it being protective, Catherine, because it's like, wow, this thing that is so like powerful, both guards you um, when used correctly, yeah. but mm. is like so destructive if not. It's, mm. it's, 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 but that's, that's the God we serve. Like mm. if we are in in relationship with him he is everything that we that we want him to be um but if you know if you're an enemy of the lord hey, mm. uh, we've national teeth <laughs> yeah. we the national teeth you know i think i think what i'm hearing more of and especially like within church and i'm seeing a lot more of this as well is that a lot of um people are starting to feel and think that um, if they're in a committed relationship, mm -hmm. so if they've been with a person for a long time um, or they live with that person, then and, and their intention is to marry, mm -hmm. um, whether that's in a year, two years, three years, then it's okay to have sex because they've made that commitment. And so why is sex for marriage? Good question. <laughs> um, I think even kind of ties along to what we were talking about a bit earlier once we understand what sex is and and how sacred and how holy it is i think you understand how to put it in its proper place um so i was listening to pastor john piper if you don't know get to know <laughs> yeah he's a G. Get to know but yeah so he was um, talking about sex and he was saying how he made this analogy that if you had um a dirty sock that you've been wearing all day on a 40 mile hike, you wouldn't put it in a jewelry box. You would put your like gold ring or gold necklace or diamond earrings in a jewelry box. The same way, and so he related that to sex and basically said like, in the same way, something so precious, you wouldn't 
you wouldn't you you wouldn't just put like a sock in in a jewelry box. You'd put something precious in a jewelry box. The same way you wouldn't just make something as sacred and holy as sex, something that's just a common thing or something that's just we just use it as as and when we wish and and we use it out of its context. Actually, mm. it's something that you put. You, it's sacred, so you treat it as such. Yeah. It's 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 gold. It's diamond earrings, so you put it in the jewelry box. You don't put mm. it in the laundry basket yeah. to be washed with your laundry, mm. like you would do a dirty sock kind of thing. I really wondered why you were going with that dirty <laughs> sock analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. No, that's really yeah. good. Yeah, I agree though, because I think because I think. It, similar to what Catherine was saying in the sense of using the same word, but I think marriage protects those who are having sex mm. in the sense of like marriage is the ultimate form of commitment that you can make. You know, yeah. you, you go before God and you make vows that state for better or for worse till death do you part. And I think it's within that context, within that protection that you then physically give yourself over to somebody and like you physically become united um, the two physically become one flesh. Mm. And I think when two become one flesh outside of marriage, outside of the context of marriage, mm. you then have like, you then open yourself up to all sorts of hurt mm. in the sense of, you know, that person can walk away and it almost feels as though they've taken a part of you <laughs> like when they yeah. walked away. And I think with with sex, it's, you know, it's a giving away of yourself mm -hmm. and you want to ensure that you're giving yourself to the right person. Mm. Like when people say that, you know, we've been in a, we've been in a committed relationship for, you know, a long time and stuff. The, the first question I always have is, is then, so why aren't you married? Mm. And then it typically comes back, well, I don't know if we're ready for that. So then if you're not ready for the commitment of marriage, how can you be ready to commit yourself physically to give yourself away mm. to somebody mm. like that? Like, you know, you know, biblically that doesn't add up. I see why people do it, like from a cultural perspective, but like that doesn't add up from yeah. a biblical perspective. It's, it's misordered. And so, um, yeah, I think we have to like step back. Mm. Like, and I think that's the, the problem. I think if someone is in like, a, you know, a physical sexual relationship outside of marriage, it's hard to step back. Yeah. yeah. Because like, you know, sex is good. Like, or it can be good. Like, do you know what I mean? It's there for enjoyment. It's there for pleasure. And that can, that can warp your view. Yeah. Yeah, it can be hard to see red Huge. flags. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, when you're in that sexual relationship, it can be hard to look at things logically. It can be hard to look at things biblically. Mm. And oftentimes when people are in sexual relationships, they feel a level of condemnation mm. and then they start to remove themselves from community. And then that, that person or those people who would speak into that, aren't there to speak into it. And then you just end up in this web, like mm. just trapped, like going down and down and down further into the pit, getting further away from people, mm. getting even closer together as this couple, but then it's built on something that isn't solid. The commitment isn't there as you think it is. And like, and then there's all sorts of questions because you're not willing to marry the person. Mm. Mm. And so it's like, well then how, committed are you like you say you're in a committed relationship but you're not married so then how committed are you because that person could just walk tomorrow mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so really it's it is to protect us isn't it mm. it's 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 to protect marriage like you said but it's mm. also protect you before mm. you're married yeah mm. um 
And I also think it, it does have an impact on your relationship with God. Yeah, and whatever drives you away from God, you know, that is going to be like detrimental to your whole life, mm, mm, to your mm. whole spiritual journey. Mm. It's going to impact everything, your relationship with God. And so I think that's why God cares about this so much. And mm. his, his children um, having the best life yeah. and all of its fullness um when they are married and everything that brings with sex as well mm. um but he wants a relationship with us first mm -hmm. yeah mm. and i think that really can hinder that because of the shame that's mm. attached to Absolutely. when you're in christ yeah because we have the holy spirit and the holy spirit convicts us mm. um and it, I think it, you mentioned it as sin, being a sin against your soul, but it mm. also talks about you being a sin against your own body. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, you know, your body is a temple mm -hmm. of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And it's back to what you said, that purity. Think of a temple. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's in the chapter before. It's in chapter six of First Corinthians. Yeah. It goes from that oh, into chapter Bible seven. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's true, isn't it? And, mm. and so I think whatever's driving us away from God... You know, God wants to to help us with that. Mm -hmm. He wants mm -hmm. to build a relationship with us first. Um, and I, I do think sex outside marriage hinders that. Mm. And I was saying to the other guys as well. Actually, Catherine, did you want to say something? No, no. Oh, I was saying it. to the, the other guys as well before we jumped on here how, um, you know, we talk about how God wants to protect us. And that's so true. He's our loving father. And that's amazing. But I don't think we realize how much our sin hurts God. Mm -hmm. mm. I don't think we realize that a relationship is exactly that, a relationship. Yeah. If you are in a relationship with any person and they tell you, I don't like it when you do this thing yeah. and you continue to do it yeah. or you do it. Yes, they can forgive you, but that doesn't mean it didn't hurt them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think we grossly, and I'm being really convicted by this um, over the last kind of few months like we grossly underestimate how much our sin hurts god and i don't want to make this a focus on oh we're terrible people mm. you know woe is us but I, I think we have to acknowledge that as being part of this relationship if we want to you know seek god first if we want to understand our relationship with him first before we get into a relationship with somebody else it's so important that we realize um how much um, our relationship is a relationship and we shouldn't treat it um, we shouldn't treat it in a way any differently yes it's mm -hmm. different because it's God but we shouldn't treat it any differently to think that oh it's okay God can handle it yeah. I don't need to worry about it I can just do what I want to do he and has grace for me exactly <laughs> yes his grace is abounding he has yeah. more grace than anyone else he loves harder than anyone else but if you notice is the people who you love more that when they hurt you it hurts the most yeah. mm. and I think it's the same with God he loves us so much that it hurts him so much it hurt mm. him so much that he had to actually send his son mm. to die for us mm -hmm. um, and that's not necessary although everything is the gospel and that is the gospel we're sharing but i think if we really truly understood the gravity of our sin and how much it hurts god um or at least if we meditate and grow in that understanding i believe it becomes more of a buffer and more of a um i don't want to say deterrent because it makes it sound like don't do it it's bad but just more of a reason why why I want to pursue God, why I want to honor him yeah. by just listening to what he says. Yeah. Mm. Because I know actually if I just do what he says, 
his way is perfect. So it actually will turn out better than, yeah, yeah. than yeah. what I think. And that's just the same sex in terms of, you know, waiting till you're actually married. Like it's just going to be better. And your relationship with God is going to be better and your relationship with your spouse is going to be better. So mm. it's designed for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was actually um, listening to a talk by Jackie Hill Perry and um, she was speaking about how, you know, she's married, um, but that how she still struggles with um, um, same-sex attraction. But a statement that she said, and it just really stuck with me and I thought, yeah. So like, she's married to a man. She's married, sorry, yeah, she's married to a man. Um, but she was saying how, yeah, she's married to a man, but she, she was saying, um, uh, obviously before she was married, um, she, she was in a relationship with a woman and God convicted her and she turned away from that and um, followed Jesus and, and decided to give her whole life to him. Mm. and she ended up getting married to a man and um she was saying that she was she was still um she still struggled with same-sex attraction mm. but the statement that she said was um which that really really stuck with me is she said that she loves god more than what she's tempted by mm. and i just thought that was so powerful mm. Um, because we're commanded, aren't we, to love God with all of our hearts. Mm. That's the commandment that we're given. And it's like you said, David, it's like sometimes when we keep going back to those sins that we know we shouldn't, it's it's hard, but we have to be honest and like, okay, am I really loving God right mm. now with all my heart? Mm. Um, is this really honoring him? Mm. Like you said, David. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult. You know, I remember all the way through my childhood, mm. I struggled with pornography. Mm. I was exposed to it from around about the age of eight by mm. some older, older people. And I really, it distorted my whole image of sex and what yeah. that was yeah. all the way through my childhood. I mean, eight mm. years of age, I was curious because I'm a child, mm. but the enemy used that, yeah. you know, mm. and turned it into something else and it was warped. When I committed my life back to God, I remember feeling so ashamed and it was like you said, David, I suddenly realized how dark mm. that was. Mm. And, and it was like, I can't believe that's the world I was in. And I just didn't see it. Mm. You know, I didn't see it at the time of how dark it was yeah. when I started researching statistics around pornography and mm. I started reading more books about other people who had struggled with it. Yeah. I realized how dark it was and I realized how much God hated it mm. and how much it hurt him mm. and and so I remember God saying to me and I remember praying through it and I remember him saying to me what do you want the most and mm. I remember saying I want you the most and then from that from that from that experience that desire completely went but yeah. the temptations were still there and so mm. I had to wisely and practically choose what I watched, what conversations mm. I were involved in, the things that I didn't want to put myself in because I didn't want to be drawn back into that. Yeah. Mm. But it was hard to face that. Mm. But what was so overwhelming in those moments of shame was God's love. And him saying to me, even though despite all of that, despite all of that, you, that you've done before you were committed, committed yourself back to me, I still chose you. I still mm. choose you mm. and I still choose to love you. Yeah. 
And, and I think what we have to say is if anyone is struggling who's listening to this right now is that there's nothing that we can't bring to God that he does not forgive us of. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. 100%. And yeah. he still chooses us despite all of this. Mm. And yeah. so, yeah, we have to be face to face with it. Um, but we also have to recognize that we, we, ha- we serve a God who's more powerful than our sin, mm. you know, and we have the Holy Spirit that is more powerful than our sin. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good to, I think it's good to start there, like the power mm. of God and how mm. he can work through us. Because I think the tensions we have now in the culture that we live in yeah. is different viewpoints. Mm. Yeah. So we have viewpoint, a Christian viewpoint, sex belongs in marriage yeah. and it's for two people. Um, and we have the world's viewpoint, which is multiple partners, um, pornography is very much in the culture that we live in today. Yeah. You only have to watch a reality TV series yeah. or any yeah. program really on Netflix to be for, for sex to be pushed into your face. Yeah. And so how do we then, how do we balance that? How do we be in the world, but not of the world? Mm. And how do we balance those different viewpoints? I think it's a really important uh, distinction to make because we don't exist in vacuums do we like you have to have a foot in both worlds a foot in the church and in your bible and a foot in the world um and Mm. i think the one thing that's come from these discussions when we talk about what sex looks like outside of marriage and in the world is that sex looks like whatever whatever we need it to look like in that moment it can look like in a relationship like it's false commitment like it's supposed to be something intimate and loving but then in the same breath it's pornography or it's violence against women it's or mm-hmm. it's whatever serves our purpose in that moment and i think when you look at the bible is that it is consistent like god's mm-hmm. image of sex and his purpose for sex is consistent and when you i mean a few of the scriptures have been pulled up by people already that actually he says you know he says in genesis you know multiply be fruitful and multiply and it's Mm. like this picture of abundance and prosperity and you see like we've talked about i mean all you have to do is read songs of solomon and you know that it's pleasure (laughs) and excitement and it's something to be celebrated and we've talked about how it's for protection Mm. um and that's really difficult to to have a foot in both of those worlds but actually like I think when you test God and I don't mean that in a like a you can't fulfill me so prove it kind of way but as in like you try giving him something Mm -hmm. just as an experiment like what happens if I give this up then Mm -hmm. he'll show you what happens and it will be a fullness and a freedom Mm -hmm. um, that you can't get by trying to satisfy those needs in a false way in the world the way that the world tells you to do it yeah i think like when i think the world very much uh, very much in this present moment in this present age the world is very much set on follow your feelings if it Mm -hmm. feels right do it and i think like the world doesn't take into consideration that we're fallen human beings Mm -hmm. like you know david says in psalm 51 and verse 5 that we are molded and shaped in sin, in iniquity. Did 
like our mothers conceive us, essentially. We're born into sin. And so even our desires are warped somewhat or can mm. be warped, warped somewhat. And so I think when society is structured and built on a foundation of feelings that are largely warped, like it can feel right, mm. but it doesn't make it right. Yeah. And like, you know, the, I think, like I find it fascinating. I remember I was... Um, listening to um, Nathan Finocchio um, preach on grace. And he said this line, which I was like, wow. Like, I never viewed it from that, that point. And he said, um, to sin is anti-human. And so in other words, to follow the commands is to be human. It's mm -hmm. to live in true humanity. But our feelings can be like, it, you know, you can be so, let's say, sexually aroused and you think that that's okay and that's good because it feels so strong. But it's like, if it's not in the right context, then that's anti-human. Mm. That's not even how you are to be human. Mm. And so like, I think a society, our society has been in the West has very much been constructed on that. And it's just like flipped sex on its head in terms of the order of it, mm. like, and then just ran away in its depraved ways. Like in the sense of like, you think of the average relationship today not 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 talking about a christian relationship but just a relationship in general it's like two people meet in a in a bar they sleep together then they might have some conversation later on in a week figure out if they like each other or not and then it's like nah don't until <laughs> the next one or yeah i do let me do you know what i mean and it's like Sex is almost like the first conversation. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? From a relational perspective. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. how you work out if you'd like, do yeah. I like you? Do I like this person or not? Let me sleep with them and let me figure this out. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the world has yeah. flipped it on its head, mm. like completely taken it out of its context. Like David was saying, it's it's the pinnacle mm -hmm. and it's to be protected. It should be in the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think culture is just like, yeah. put sex in an, in an awful place. And I mm -hmm. think that's led to it just being run away in its... Um, in sin, I, I, Romans 1 comes to mind where um, basically like from verse 18 through to like 32, all in the midst of that, it's an amazing passage, portion of scripture, but um, essentially where it says, God gave them over to their debased minds to mm. do things which were dishonoring mm. um, with their bodies. You know, it goes on to talk about like um, men sleeping with men and stuff of that nature. But like, I think of it in the sense of like, I think from a sex perspective, yeah, like to some extent, God's just given people over mm. in their sin. And and like in the sense of like, this is what you want. Cool. Kind of going back to like defining sex at the start where it's like in, in Jeremiah 3 where God's like, you want idols? Fine. Mm -hmm. You can leave me then. Mm -hmm. And it's like God issues this certificate of divorce. But then he allows them to come back. But like, you know, he's like, that's what yeah. you want. Cool. Have it. Yeah. Then you'll see it's not what you think it is. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like people go down this, you know, mm -hmm. ends up in pornography, ends up in like mm -hmm. just multiple partners, all these different things. And everyone always says they end up in this place of emptiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, yeah. Thought they'd be fulfilled and they just weren't. Yeah. And I think I was just going to add to what you were saying is that God, when he says like, yeah, you can go if you want, but if you want to stay with me, I'm going to put these parameters mm. around something to keep you safe, mm. you know, and, and often like how I've heard people define sex in culture in the world is like, oh, well, it's just another appetite. Like it's an itch to be scratched. But it's like, <laughs> but if it is, if you, if you actually want to go there, 
and you want to treat it like that. Well, what <laughs> happens if you eat uncontrollably or you mm. drink till you drown yourself from the inside out? Mm. What happens if you sleep uncontrollably? Your mm. body actually starts to poison itself. Mm. Like, so what you're saying is it's an it's an appetite like any other, but we won't treat it like any other. Like yeah. the world rips apart its own argument. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're coming with the fire today, Catherine. <laughs> Jeez, man, I'm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think um, I, I, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Um, and I think then we'll, we'll kind of bring things to a close uh, for, this, um, for this episode. Um, but I think we've, we've talked a lot about a lot of concepts, but also a lot of practical things. I think ultimately, though, it comes down to um, well, one thing that really sh jumps into my mind is this idea of we are foreigners in this world. Like, at the end of the day, we walk in the spirit because we are foreigners in this world. Mm. I have I have lived in three continents. I've until I came to Leeds, I'd never lived in any single place for more than four years. Wow. Man. In the last ten years, I've moved houses five times. Wow. And so mm. I I am and I don't know if anybody's listening and has that same like life experience, has moved so many times. But I really am familiar with this com concept of being a foreigner or being somebody coming into a new place as in as somebody who's in a new mm. culture and so I think that's been really helpful in my life but it's not about me it's about Jesus <laughs> but yeah so just to relate it back I think if we remember who we are we are children of God we are mm. of a different kingdom we are not part of this we're not part of this world we're in this world but we're not of this world yes we need to walk in it we need to we need to engage in every element of, of the culture that we're in, advocating and spreading the gospel. But we have to remember that we are foreigners. Our values, our ideals will always be different. And we, yes, mm. we will be looked at differently because of that. But that's a good thing. Mm. You being seen as different is good because that shows you that you're sticking to your values. You're sticking mm. to your, your family. You're, mm. You're, mm. You're, you're being true to your kingdom, mm. you know, and yeah. where you come from. Uh, as 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 a Christian, you know, and so yeah, uh, thank you so much, it's like Catherine. Thank you. I feel like I've been so blessed. Like, if anything, a value came out my mouth. I'm going to give it to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah! But yeah, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this podcast, uh, guys. And I uh, hope you have a great time, and I uh, hope you've learned something from it. Yeah. And next time, we're going to be talking about dating. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We'd love to connect with you. Come and find us on Instagram at YA Leads.